Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting edition of Training Unleashed. And we've got a great guest, Chris Fuller, with us. Uh, he just came out with a, a new book called Inspired Leadership. Really excited to hear about it. Before we get going, I want to just take a moment and thank the C-Suite Television Network and C-Suite Radio Network. Uh, they're my partners in this podcast, and I couldn't do this without them. So we are fortunate to have a person who wrote a new book. And in the debrief before the podcast, the one thing that Chris talked about was that he had really unique thoughts and that it wasn't just a regurgitation. A lot of books and one of the things I pride myself in my book is I don't do this. A lot of books are just rehashing or sharing the same unique, uh, the same ununique idea in a different way. Right. And I believe, you know, really good book causes you to think differently. So Chris, my opening question to you is what is different about the way you think about leadership? Um, what's that, that secret sauce? Yeah, so, so my unique approach to leadership is it's not an or, it's an and. And so there's a lot of people out there that'll, that'll they, they write these books and they put out this leadership stuff and it's like management bad, leadership good, you know, like, like motivation is the only thing. Well, if you don't have perspiration with motivation, if you don't have people and process, if you don't have results and relationship, so it's all about building this and culture of being intentional and executing with excellence, but being service oriented and passionate in your pursuit of what you're doing. And so I think without the, the skill set and the baseline of managerial excellence, of operational excellence, leadership is just a pipe dream that will discourage and diminish your organizational hope. That's a really fascinating perspective. So it's basically leadership built upon a foundation. Would that be kind of an accurate way of describing it? Absolutely. So leadership is that icing on the cake, if you will. Leadership is engagement. Leadership is vision and strategy. And there's a lot of components that would go into the leadership competency. But again, without the fundamentals of the management aspects, you know, we need, we need both ends of the spectrum. We need Tony Robbins and we need Peter Drucker. And so how do we have an and, not an or? Yeah, I, I think that's really cool because I've always said that operational excellence is the most important thing any organization has. And you can be the greatest leader in the world if you don't have a organization that can support the growth and the initiatives of the leader, you're, you're, you're nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Nowhere. And, so the, and the posters on the wall become these empty promises, these, these hollow statements that ultimately diminish instead of enlarge. And so again, it's, it's not the poster in the halls that matter. It's the chatter and the footprint in the halls that matter. Yeah. And, you know, just to bring this up for the listeners here, it's about having a whole team, right? Because a great leader may not be the operational expert, smart enough to hire the operational expert. Yeah, right. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I just a complete side note, but I'm going to share with you the, the my favorite motivational poster of all time. And this is obviously humor more than sincere. 
which is the firings will continue until morale improves. <laughs> I love it. You know, what was the, uh, there was a, a, an antithesis to the successory posters for a long time, and I can't remember the name of the company, but they put out a lot of these little um, sarcastic based success pieces. And it shows this picture of this snowball gathering steam. And it says, you know, it's amazing what a few harmless flakes bound together can, can unleash on, on, uh, on the organization. So uh, love the little side humor. You know, it's, it's interesting, and this is a little bit off, but I think kind of to the point that you're making, uh, a company, and I'm not gonna mention their names, their name was acquired by another bigger company. And the bigger company did not fundamentally understand their business nature. And that the key to their operational excellence was what's called, because they were a consulting company, how to keep people off the beach, the beach being where they're not working. So um, it typically, in a company like that, you, you have um, 10 to 15% of the people that are not necessarily engaged at any time because you need people to do the work when you get assigned the work. And when you right. get to about 20% of the people, you, you've got way too much overhead. Yeah. can't support them. So anyhow, this guy comes in, he sees he's got 20% too many people. And so he decides to fire 20% of the company. And then immediately it goes back to 20% of the people that are on the beach. And <laughs> then he decides to fire 20% of the company. On and on and on and on, not realizing that his actual problem was an organizational staffing problem and planning problem it wasn't a sales problem and it wasn't bad people problem. And he took the company in two years from 5,200 people to 200 people. Oh, wow. Just destroyed the company. I know we're way off topic, but I, I do think it illustrate, il illustrates your point um, quite a bit. Yeah, fundamentalism. And from that fundamentalism, then we can have all the things that, that leadership can give us. But if we, if we don't understand the fundamentalism and, and that, that, that um, you know, those, those, those things at the base, you know, you've got to go, like we talked about, you know, before you, you can't, if you can't get to base camp at Everest, you're never going to summit. Yeah. So why don't we use this and, and take, talk a little bit because you're an adventurer. You're America's boat, uh, sailboat. You, you've been to not the top, but to base camp at Everest, yeah. et cetera. And, you know, my first question, I, I think everyone wants to know is why? And then, <laughs> but the more important question is, what did you learn? So there's a lot that I learned from adventure. Most of it is pushing my own boundaries and not accepting status quo in my own life. So my first book was on the Iditarod dog sled race. I went to Nome, Alaska and learned to mush dogs. And so for a Texas boy growing up, negative 50 and, uh, and the Bering Sea is a little bit cold. And yeah. so while I didn't run the Iditarod race, I ran the trail and I was you know, in that experience. I need to experience it. It's like, for me, some of my best clients are when I can get in and roll up the shirt sleeve and go, let's dig in this together. And so I'm an experiential adventure seeking guy, skydive, scuba dive, um, you know, done motocross. Uh, we've had motocross bikes, street bikes, you know, race car, whatever it is, right? I've got to have that sense of adrenaline that continues to tell me I'm alive. Um, did hike to, did a 10K on the, on the Great Wall of China. I mean, you know, it's like we've got to, 
we've got to do some things that tell us we're alive, that, that life is not clocking in and clocking out. So when I went to Everest Base Camp, the why was I need to see the top of the world. I need to see the top of myself. I need to continue to push. And, and, and you know, one of the things that, that I, I uh, commented out this weekend was the best you of the future is begging you to have confidence in yourself today, to have the belief to start and to have the diligence to continue because that's the only way the best future of you is going to come out. So I was in India training an, an organization, uh, cell phone manufacturing organization in India, and we hadn't signed up for year two yet. So I bought an airplane ticket, flew to Kathmandu, and then I went and started negotiating with the helicopter company because I didn't have the time to hike to base camp. Had a helicopter company finally drop me into base camp. And so along the way, we're far enough away from, from Everest that we have to refuel at the deadliest airport in the world. So we land this helicopter and hope and gladly we didn't flip it, which had happened two weeks earlier. And so we refuel and they dropped me at base camp and they said, well, I'm not sure if you're aware, but you're not going to be able to stay at base camp uh, long. As a matter of fact, you're only going to be able to stay at base camp as long as the summiters at Everest are able to stay at the summit. Once you summit, you cannot stay on the summit of Everest more than 45 minutes to an hour. It's too dangerous. The altitude is all of those things. So, so for me, I went from 900 feet above sea level to Kathmandu at 4,500 feet above sea level to base camp at 17.5. So what that does to your body is you can't acclimatize. Everything starts to expand, right? You can't live at 17.5 unless you acclimate to 17.5. And so this has tied into so many different businesses that I've dealt with that they've gotten to 17.5 because of a particular skill set or because of a particular market search or particular product success. But operationally, they're still at 4,500 feet above sea level. And so they always come to me and say, Chris, we're broken. We are broken. We, we just can't even handle this. And I said, well, at what volume level were you not broken? And they said, oh, you know, if we reduce this thing 20%, man, we would be killing it. And I said, so you're not broken, you're broken at scale. And so, you know, the, the rule of thumb that I have is every 30% of growth, you should re-engineer your organization for that new level of growth. You've just got to be repeatable, sustainable, and scalable. So in that adventure, it really does continue. It opens my eyes because I want to learn from everything. And it opens my eyes to illustrations that we can talk to. So when we're going in and doing some of the training and development, I'm not teaching through the Benstein method of regurgitation of something that I read in a textbook. We're talking about real life adventure metaphors that ultimately will carry us through in business. Well, I'll tell you something. I love what you have to say. Uh, because so many businesses go out of business because they have too much business and people don't realize it. And um, I've never thought about the percentage. I've always thought that they're plateaus, that there are, and at these plateaus, you have to readjust. And I, I was very fortunate to be on the senior management team of a company that took a company from basically zero to 10 billion in 20 years. And we constantly had to reinvent ourselves. We constantly have to challenge ourselves operationally, what we're doing, how we're working, um, et cetera. And if, if we didn't do that, we would have, you know, we would have stayed stuck as a small company. Yeah. Um, and, but we, you know, it's interesting. We did that. We didn't like 
think about why we just did. <laughs> and and there, you know, a lot of times there, you know, companies that are very successful and grow, uh, you know, and they just they intuitively understand that. But many companies don't intuitively understand that, and then they keep systems that oh, these systems have always worked, but then they stress them to the point of failure. So I think that's a that's a huge, huge, huge insight. Um, so you were at the top of the base camp for 45 minutes? About an hour. And then, you know, then the, the headache will start rolling in. It's kind of like a sinus infection. Everything starts expanding. And then, um, and, but I stayed as long as I could. I was right near the Kumbu Falls. So the Kumbu Falls is a, a moving glacier and all of those uh, aspects that you have to cross to be able to earn the right to be able to start the climb into the various, um, you know, the various camps to do that. And, yeah. um, you know, um, you know, the, the, it's it's um, there's a little bit of emotion to it. I mean, we were at base camp uh, nine days before the earthquake hit and before the big avalanches, um, you know, really um, uh, took a number of one of the deadliest um, days on Everest um, in that in that area. And so uh, fortunate to be there um, nine days early. But, un, you know, unfortunately, you know, there, there's not there's it's not riskless. Um, some of the things that we do, there, there's going to be risk. There's risk in life. There's risk in business. But uh, yeah, but about okay, an hour. So what's your next big adventure? I've got to <laughs> ask this for the audience. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I tell you, I am feeling claustrophobic by not being able to travel. Um, so the, you know, the pandemic and not being able to do those things are really uh, are really a struggle. So um, so one of the, the one of the next big adventures, um, I'm trying to see if I can get to the next America's Cup. So I was with America's Cup and uh, uh, we were there in uh, San Francisco. Uh, and then we were there in Bermuda. And so I'm trying to see if I can find a way to get down to New Zealand um, uh, to, to be with the America's Cup uh, race again because of the teamwork and the imagery um, that is, uh, that's on that particular piece. So, uh, you know, that's that, that's that next aspect. If I'm, if I'm looking for just some sort of an external adventure, that's probably that next piece. Yeah, for, for me, I heli-ski. Okay. So, uh, and I, it got canceled last year I don't think it's going to happen this year, and I I I, I miss it because it's like such a uh, in, in inspiring thing. And I guess if we're going to turn this conversation, which is interesting, into relevant training, <laughs> I do think it's important for people to escape their business and get a fresh perspective by stepping out of the comfort zone and doing some things that clear their mind. Yeah, um, because you get caught in tunnel vision and, you know, and, I, you know, I love it when people take time and explore competitors or look at other companies that aren't even competitors, but just look for innovation, inspiration. Uh, you know, I think, you know, you know, you went to you went to Everest and an idea or philosophy came out, you know, which, which is this idea that you can grow too fast if you don't have the operational steps happening at the same time. Might not have happened if you didn't go to Everest. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, what I experience is guilt, not me personally, but what I experience from business owners is guilt. Need to improve your business results? Tortle's Rapid Curriculum Design Workshop might be just what you need. We partner with your business experts to identify knowledge gaps, determine training needs, and design a curriculum to help you achieve your business goals. We engage directly with the employees who have the most information to provide. The outcome of our Rapid Curriculum Design Workshop? 
a detailed blueprint with curriculum goals and strategies on how to implement the curriculum. Your book's called Inspired Leadership. There must be a reason you picked the word inspired. Can you tell us about that? So, you know, again, it's that, it's that play. So on the inspired, how many times are we more exasperated than we are inspired? You know, 70% of employees' job satisfaction is their immediate boss. And I would say that, that we have as many or more exasperating managers and leaders as we do inspiring managers and leaders. So the one thing is, you know, from an inspirational standpoint, the spirit in your organization is a direct reflection of the leadership of that organization. So I wanted to make sure that we are putting a stake in the ground that says, if you want an inspired organization and inspired um, employees, leader, it's up to you. But the, the, the key behind that then is, it's sort of this trickery that draws you into this, you know, th this empowering, inspiring leadership but then the truth of it is the acronym in which it's built upon. If you want inspired results, if you want inspired people, if you want an inspired culture, you better be intentional. So the I-N of inspired is to be intentional. Nothing amazing happens on accident. You know, the old Lombardi quote, the man on the top of the mountain didn't fall there. And so as you look at those pieces, we've got to be absolutely intentional and on purpose as opposed to on accident. Um, the second, the S is we have to serve others. We have to be others centric. Life is lived best in service of others. And if you're not bringing the passion and the purpose, if there's not a big why in your organization, I think that that passion and purpose, most organizations start with a mission, but as they mature, they lose that mission and they become just messy. So Chris, um, before you go through the rest, which I want yeah. you to do, I do want to talk about serving others because in our pre-talk, you talked about servant leadership. And I sort of would love to know your thought in terms of servant leadership, which I, I believe you support, um, but maybe nuances or what your opinions are or how to take servant leadership to another level. Oh, that's perfect. Thank you so much for, for caveating on that one. So one of the things I talk about in the workshops is I give a list of all of these things that leaders need to do in order to serve their people. You know, they've got to get to know their people. They've got to set up an amazing onboarding for their people. They've got to work on operational excellence to serve their people. They've got to connect. They've got to, I mean, there's all of these different really gritty things that if you're living for others, it's not a kumbaya hug fest where, you know, everybody gets a car. We're talking about the grittiness of getting to know your people and coming in and how do I set them up for success and not struggle and how do I resource them and are we training them effectively and what does positive accountability look like and how do I deal with the underperformers so that the performers aren't demotivated. All of that grittiness is really the true service of others instead of this fluffy faux service of others. And so, you know, that, that, that making sure, um, I believe in the inverted org chart. I believe that the, 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 the people that serve the customers and clients, they need to be supported by the supervisory so that that front line is amazingly equipped and empowered to serve. And then the managers serve the supervisors that serve the employee. And all of that really escalates, cascades up and down through the organization to where we have that value added mindset, not that 
I am that privileged boss for you to serve mindset. Love that. Love that. I think you covered servant leadership as fast as any person has ever covered in the history of time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, 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 I really do. I, I, I commend you to it. Uh, but what I'm really hearing is it's not just servant leadership, it's standards and excellence and operational excellence. Absolutely. And yeah. out them. And if I had to pick a theme, it's what you said at the beginning. It's an and, not an or. You need to be this inspired leader and operationally excellent. Absolutely. Um, 100%. Yeah. So let's continue with your acronym on the book. So, um, so the I is integrated. How many times are we not integrated? We're disintegrated, right? We know the tendency to silo up. We know the unintended consequences of having departmental goals that don't align with overall so that we're having a shared mission, not an, you know, one particular department can hit their KPIs that then negatively impacts another one. So we've got to integrate in people and systems internally and externally. And that integration part of our operations can really um, de-inspire. How many times have we had to fight our companies to serve our companies, or we spend more time fighting the department next to us to get us what we need so forget about external competition. Internal competition is just as brutal on some of those pieces. And then the key to all things is the R on relationships. You know, if you don't know your authentic approach, if you don't know your wiring, your behavioral wiring, and how that matters to the team, um, that's a key derailer and in, in inspiration. And then like what you're talking about, Evan, I'm right in line with you. Operational excellence, the E is to execute with excellence. And that comes into that operational excellence piece. And the D is just Kaizenic continuous improvement. You know, if we're not diligently developing daily and continuing to improve, then yesterday's excellence is today's average. And we've got to go on those post, uh, those components. So again, it's a, it's, it's a mouthful. It's a comprehensive plan. It's not this easy drop in three drops and, and you're going to food color well, the it, ocean. It sounds, like, it sounds like a book and correct me if I'm wrong, it's not just an inspiring book because a lot of books you read and you're inspired, but it actually gives people a toolkit to actually take and make a difference in their business. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's really, um, that, that's my heart. You know, it's a, it's actually a summation of a lot of the training that we've done. And so, you know, I, I, I didn't engineer it to where I wrote the book and then wrote the training. This is actually the, the, the stories that have come out and it's the illustration of what we've done to impact organizations for the last 20, 25 years. Excellent, excellent. We're getting towards the end. Um, Chris has a great offer, uh, but before we get to that great offer, um, and of course he's gonna share with us his one thing that uh, if he had to give one piece of advice, what that would be, which is how we always end the show. Um, Chris, just tell us about your company I, you know, I never, I didn't mention your company name at the beginning because you're, you're actually merging. So maybe explain to that and what your company actually does, because you do some very interesting things and then we'll get you, we'll get you a free offer. Yeah. So my company is um, Right Path Resources. So we are an assessment and leadership company. We do behavioral wiring and uh, this company, Right Path Resources is ultimately the company that, that I'm, uh, I'm melding everything into. So um, for the last 20 years, I've, I've had a company called Influence Leadership. 
And it's all been about that influence and how you make an impact in your marketplace and with your people. And so uh, a year and a half ago, made the investment into one of my vendors that has a behavioral assessment that is a validated um, high-level assessment, uh, maybe similar akin to a, a Berkman or a Hogan. It's a, it's a sophisticated behavioral wiring piece. And it made such a difference in my organization that I, I uh, through relationship with the owner, um, just mapped out to be his succession plan and then made the investment in there. And, and so we really, even 18 months later, 19 months later, after the because of the pandemic, we're, we're still working on merging those brands. So uh, the organization is Right Path Resources. Influence leadership is still up and, and going on some of those components. Um, but the, ultimately, that, that merged brand is this, you know, this, this, um, this deeper, you know, combination of, of the, the consultancy that really can make an impact. And also, you know, those that need that inspirational keynote to help kick off the business and need that, that aspect. It's, um, it's the both. And again, as much as I'm doing the, and on that, um, that's where the organizations are at right now. So who's your ideal customer? Our ideal customer is, um, we do, um, the ideal customer is anyone that has a recognized need that they have something keeping them from their organizational greatness. Okay, so um, so there is a there is a little bit of a of a threshold, um, but we have everything from from entrepreneurs to Fortune 50 that we deal with. We have um, we have NFL sports teams that we deal with. And so, you know, when you look at the entrepreneurs and, and, and some of those particular pieces, it really is, uh, I'm looking for, for HR organizations and for C-suite organizations that say, we need a catalyst. We're having some of these things. And I need to know, are we broken or, or is this a caveat? And can you come in and help us to do that? So it's a, it's a recognized need without necessarily an immediate recognized solution is really our ideal candidate. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting as I sit here and I talk to you and we talked about those sort of steps and sometimes you can overstep your growth without the operational excellence to follow. I make an assumption that you're not suggesting people go backwards in sales. What you're actually probably plan suggesting to them is that they upset their upset. They up launch or uptake their operational procedures so they're ready for the next level of growth. Would that be an accurate statement? Absolutely. So we, we get in and say, what is it going to take to up-level your operational methodologies that you, if you were just architecting a $160 million company today, that you would operate this way? So at this volume level, what is the business telling you it needs to operate efficiently and effectively at 160, but also with the potential to go to 180 or 200? Yeah, excellent. I could talk to you all day. We don't have all day, um, but uh, why don't you please share your offer with everyone? That would be awesome. Yes. Yeah, so, um, so the offer I'm giving everybody, if you'll go to influenceleadership.com, influenceleadership.com, there'll be a pop-up on the uh, Influence website that will allow you, if you enter your information there, you can download my race methodology cheat sheet in order to enhance your effectiveness in some of those pieces. So, the race methodology is we've got to get our organization ready. Then we've got to be clear and delineate the action points. 
We have to have checkpoints along the way to make sure that we're making progress. And then we've got to evolve, we've got to evaluate and evolve our methodology to get ready again to go back through it. So I explain and unpack a little bit more about the race methodology and I offer you a cheat sheet on the website. Oh, that's fantastic. It's a really great offer. Uh, sounds like an, interest, an interesting methodology. So encourage everyone obviously to go check that out. Um, if you uh, look, most of the time there's a you know this description which will have the offer in it. But just in case you're just listening, can you give the URL one more time, please? Sure, it's influenceleadership.com. And it should pop, pop right up, a little pop-up banner that'll come up in, uh, in just a little, uh, little bit. If they have any questions, they can just, if you type in any search engine, Chris Fuller Leadership, you're gonna find me. Excellent. Um, so we always end the show with one tip. If you had to give somebody one tip Obviously, around people that are listening here, you know, training, you know, as opposed to diet tip. Um, <laughs> if you had to give people one tip, what would that be? So the tip is um, don't settle. So uh, there's so much. Uh, and I, you know, the weariness and, the, and, and I really, um, that's that piece. Just don't settle. Life is worth the adventure. And so get out of the doldrums, shake that off. Don't think this is your lot in life. You can get it to a better place. You can influence, you can impact. Please don't settle. Um, your life is too important. There are so many mid-level executives that I find that are burnout that I have to, to come in and help. And I don't want that to happen to you. Keep fresh and don't settle. I love that tip. That is a fantastic tip. Chris, I wanna thank you. I wanna thank our audience, most importantly, our audience, and I also want to thank my friends at C-Suite Radio and C-Suite TV. Um, everyone have a fantastic day. Training Unleashed is brought to you by Tortal Training, specializing in e-learning and interactive online training solutions for corporate, government, nonprofit, and franchise organizations. Tortal makes effective training easier. Just go to tortal.net to gain access to real-world tools that can make a difference. That's tortal.net, T-O-R-T-A-L portal.net This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs> <laughs>